This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome to the latest edition of The Bullpen with Adam the Bull. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. Coming up on today's show, yes, I still got plenty to talk about when it comes to the Browns. The Cavaliers back in action. They are the two seed in the NBA. That and a whole lot more. But to start us off, we're going to have a special guest today. He's been to the Super Bowl twice. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's an MVP. And he is a great guy to talk about the upcoming Super Bowl, which is just days away. The great quarterback, Joe Theismann. He joins me in the bullpen. That's coming up next right here in the bullpen with me, Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. Welcome back to the bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. We are now joined by legendary NFL quarterback, Joe Theismann. Joe, it's great to see you. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Adam. Great to be with you. You know, Joe, I'm, I'm curious. Let's start right with this, with the, with the Super Bowl right around the corner here. You, of course, played in two, in two Super Bowls. You went one-on-one in the Super Bowl. You won an MVP. So you've been in high-pressure situations. There's not a lot of people on this planet that have experienced what you did, not only going to the Super Bowl, but going to the Super Bowl twice and doing it as a quarterback. So I guess my question is, you know, Patrick Mahomes, in a way, this is old hat for him. He's been there a number of times now. Right. For Brock Purdy, yeah. it's his first time. How big a deal is that, you know, being a veteran Super Bowl guy? Because there's not many. You and not uh, Patrick Mahomes and not that many more. Uh, or, or being there for the first time. How big a deal? You know, it's, I, it's as big a deal as you want to make it. Um, and the thing is, I think sometimes you don't know what to be worried about if you don't really, if you haven't been in that situation before, you know, Patrick and Andy and the Kansas city chiefs have a preparation schedule that they go through. They've been through it before. They know what they want to do. Not that it becomes old hat, but you become familiar with it. The exciting thing for Brock is he has a lot of veterans around him on the San Francisco 49ers that have been there. Uh, but you look at the way he's played, he's unflappable. I mean, I, you know, people keep trying to run him down just because, you know, he wasn't a first round pick. <clears throat> My personal feeling is, is it's great. I'm, I'm excited for him. I'm thrilled for him. I'm not thrilled that he's making no money and he has to pay taxes in California. That I'm not thrilled for for him. <laughs> but other than that, the way he'll handle it, I think will be terrific. Um, I mean, the NFC Championship game is a huge thing, too. I mean, you know, this isn't. Yep. It, each game gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And certainly this is the ultimate when you play in the Super Bowl. But I don't see him as having an issue handling any of the quote unquote pressure that goes with it. Joe, I'm curious in a, in a related note, when you like today, we talk so much about awards in the media. I feel like it kind of gets overblown a little bit. When you won the MVP, yeah. how much as a player were you th like during the season, you're having a great year. Yeah. 
you know, and are you thinking during the season, wow, I could win an MVP this year? Is that something you thought about a lot, or did you not think about it till the no. season was over? All I thought about was how we could help our team win. Uh, you know, and at the quarterback position, look at how many quarterbacks have been MVPs. You know, Bull, the thing about it is, is that position lends itself to the visibility, both in a positive sense and a negative sense. Uh, the mistakes you make are magnified. The great plays you, you make or have an opportunity to make are magnified as well. But you just have to play the game. And I think this is the one thing that Brock Purdy does so well is he plays the game of football any way he can to help the 49ers move the ball on offense. That's, that's his responsibility. He's not tackling anybody, so he can't say he does it on defense. But we saw in the last game against Detroit, we saw him use his legs. He hadn't run for that many yards, I think, in a game all year. But he has the ability to be able to put in, in Spags' mind, uh, you know, the Chiefs defensive coordinator, that, hey, the kid can take off and run and we have to be conscious of it. But, uh, you, you know, you can't, you can't think about awards. Things are moving too fast and the game's too quick. Uh, and the guys are too big uh, to be sitting there going, geez, you know, if I make this, if I complete this pass, it's one more step towards being an MVP. You can't even think about stuff like that. Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, but your first Super Bowl appearance, it was the next week after the championship. And then the, the, your second year, there was the two weeks. Am I correct about that? Yes. Yeah, that you are. As a matter of fact. How, how big a difference was that for you? Did that matter? Was it which one was better? Oh gosh, yes. It was. I, to be honest with you, I like playing. See, eighty-two was a strike season, so everybody sort of went in as wild cards, and so we played. We ended. We ended the season, and immediately we started the playoffs, and then we we went again and again and again. A little bit like Kansas. We've seen Kansas City do. You know, you yeah. get Miami, then you get Buffalo, then you get Baltimore. I mean, you're just rolling along. San Francisco had that bye week, and now they have another bye week. Um, and, and see, we saw San Francisco come out of the bye week. The first two halves of the playoff games, they weren't very good. You know, they, they didn't tackle well. They, they just didn't seem like they were in sync, and then they got rolling. Uh, I think it's an advantage to keep on playing, to sort of get into that rhythm and in the preparation. Uh, we didn't have buys back when I when in Super Bowl 18 when we played the Raiders. So it was a little bit uh, different. I had a great practice on Thursday. I felt really ready on Thursday. And then Friday came along and then Saturday came along. And I felt like I lost a little, just a little bit of the edge. And, and I just didn't play well. I mean, bottom line is I threw, I didn't throw the ball well. Um, I thought Reggie Kinlow was the MVP, their defensive nose tackle. I mean, we weren't, we weren't able to, to run the ball as effectively as we had all year. I mean, you got to remember, we were the highest scoring team in football when we went into that Super Bowl. We had a bunch of guys that had been Pro Bowl players. And, um, you know, the Raiders had added some pieces. Mike Haynes was, I think, a big asset to them at the corner position. And every pass I threw just just missed Art or missed Charlie by, by an inch or two. You know, we were. it's one of those games where you're out of sync and you don't want it to be that one, but this one happened to be for me. Joe, how often do you think about, or maybe you don't at all because your generation is your generation, I don't know, the fact that, you know, the way the game is now so favored towards the offense, the quarterbacks, you know, they get touched basically, it's a penalty, the receivers can't be held as much. I mean, obviously the numbers for the quarterbacks, when I see people compare the quarterbacks now versus the quarterbacks when you played, 
it's not an apples to apples comparison because it was a different game. Doesn't mean you no. can't compare, but you have to take that into account. So do you ever think, man, I, I would have thrown for 5,000 yards if I was playing now, or is that, it is what it is. Who cares? No, it, no, I, I, I care. I, I, I love this game. <laughs> I love, I love the yeah. evolution of this game, the way it's evolved. I mean, you look at, you know, you look at the 46 defense, the 49ers um, West coast offense, our two tight end offense, you know, got to go all the way back. Remember, the shotgun really was started down in Dallas with Roger Staubach. All those innovations in the game resulted in championships. So what we see is we see now these young guys. I think I think pushing a quarterback to the ground is not a 15-yard penalty. I, I You know, defensive players, defensive linemen in particular, um, they're at such a disadvantage. We, we, we've seen games where guys have clean shots at the quarterback and they try and knock them down with the shoulder because they're afraid to hit them. What you've done basically with these rules and the way the games are called is you've created a problem for defensive players because they don't want to get a 15-yard roughing penalty. Now, that, that to me, something that, that needs to be examined. It really does. And I'm, I'm a big proponent in this day and age of having every play be challenged. I don't want to give the coaches any more challenges, but you should have the ability to challenge every play out there. You shouldn't have to abide by a menu. Okay, you can challenge this. You can't challenge that. It's time to evolve. Again, you talk about the game evolving. It's time for the rules to evolve. But, you know, I, I wake in 1984, Bull, I was the fourth highest paid player in the National Football League. So I believe it's about fourth. I made a million dollars a year. Every morning I wake up and I, I look at Aaron Rodgers' salary. And as soon as I stop crying, I go get my cup of coffee and I, and I sit there and I sit there and I go, good for them. Hey, I don't begrudge any of these guys a penny. I think it's yeah. great. You get everything you can get. It's a short-lived uh, life. If you're lucky enough to be able to play in a Super Bowl, that's one thing. If you're lucky enough to win one with the guys that you play with and the coaches you work with, there's nothing like it. I mean, it's I do motivational speeches today, 40-some-odd years later, simply because I was part of a championship. Everybody wants to know, how do you become part of a champion, whether it's in business or in life or whatever it is? And um, for me, you know, I – I love the game the way it is. It's become, you know, it's become, it's become the old AFL. You know, I, there's a lot of people out there that are young that would have to look that up, but the AFL and the NFL merged. That's how the two conferences were created. And the AFL just threw it all over the place. The NFL sort of ran it a little bit more. And, and now all of a sudden you've got everybody throwing it all over the place, which is fun to watch. Joe, I, 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 I agree with everything you said there. The, the the money is crazy, but I don't. I certainly, as a fan and a media member, don't begrudge the players making. You make what you can make. I I, I got no ill will towards that. In terms of the rules, you're 100 percent correct. I've been saying for years. We I don't understand why we don't have an official in the booth at every. The the league is printing money. Have an official or two guys in the booth looking at every play and just making sure you get it right. And what I do is. 30 seconds or 20 seconds, because what we want to get right is the obvious mistakes. If I have to look at the replay 500 times, then I'll leave the call. But I think, the to me, the heart of replay is let's make sure we get it, get the obvious mistake right. And and I don't know why they don't do that. And yeah. I don't know why you can't fix holding or roughing the pass or all those things. It makes no sense. You're 100% right. You, well, first of all, Bull, you can't fix holding because they hold on every play. Well, that's true. Okay, that's fair. That's true. It's like, you know what it is? It's like, you know, the analogy to that is like walking in the NBA. Yeah. Okay. There is, 
Uh, I bet you you can count on one hand the amount of calls in all the games that are played in the NBA that you see guys get called for walking. True. I mean, but, uh, you know, that it, it, it's a fast and, and people always say, well, you know, it's a fast game. Yeah, well, that's why we have the technology. Pretty soon that's I think right. you're going to see a chip in a ball so that when it crosses the goal line, you know it's crossed the goal line. We don't have to spend 15 minutes unpiling people trying to figure out what's going on. Listen, the officials are under a tremendous amount of pressure. Uh, and we've seen calls that have determined the outcomes of games. You only get 16 of them, Bolt. That's the only, yeah. there's only, it's not like it's 82 or 160 some. Uh, yeah. You get 16 opportunities. And if you lose the first one, that can affect your seating at the end of the season. So, you know, yeah, they're under a lot. And we have the technology available to be able to do it. Here, here's why I think the league should change the rule um, as far as instant replay goes to allow every play to be reviewed. Remember when it used to be where if a receiver looked like he was going to come down inbounds, it was considered a catch. They got rid of that thing yes. in, a, in a year. It was gone. Yep. And now I think it's time to use the technology that's available to be able to provide the fans with the best possible assistance in officiating. I completely agree. Uh, Joe, I, I'm curious. You know, I do my, – my show is mostly a Cleveland show here. And I'm curious your take on Deshaun Watson, um, you know, on the field. he This guy, when he when he went to Houston, was you know, he was fantastic. He, he looked like he was going to be the next great quarterback. And then he sits out in 20 uh, or 21. In 22, he gets suspended 11 games, comes back the last six, doesn't play particularly well. And last year, he, he has a variety of injuries and doesn't play much. And now Browns fans who have, as you know, been searching for a quarterback forever and thought maybe they had one with Baker and maybe they have one with Watson. Who knows? What What is your what is your thoughts on Deshaun Watson? Can he get back to being a top flight quarterback or are you do you I, think that I that's passed? I think it's going to be a challenge. I think it's going to be a challenge for him. I mean, you can't you've missed three years of football. Uh, and then, you know, you can go through the OTAs, you can go through the mini camps, you can go through training camp, but it's not like playing in games. You know, you, you hone your skills by being able to be out there on the field, experience what's going on, experience what other defenses are trying to do to you. I don't know how many coaching changes he's had since he's been there, but you've got, you know, you've got different philosophies, different concepts. Um, and from an execution standpoint, you're three years older. And you really haven't had a chance to hone your skills much. I, I, I think this is an incredibly uh, important year for Deshaun. I think it's an important year for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. You know, after all, they moved on from Baker Mayfield. And, oh, I'm sorry, did he make the Pro Bowl this year? Uh, he did. Excuse me for bringing that up. But the bottom line is, is that – and see, Baker's done, Baker's done the one thing that Deshaun hasn't had a chance to do. He's had a chance to play football. He's had a chance to play in different places. Played for the Rams late last year. But he continues to, to look at the defense. He continues to feel the pressure. He continues to see the pressure. Now, will Deshaun be the athlete he was four years ago? No. And, and that's the thing he'll have to adjust to. He's not the same guy that's going to run away from people. His legs aren't going to be what they were because he's a bit older. But I, I think this is, this is critical for the Browns to be able to figure out what direction they're going to go in. And for Deshaun to see if he can stay healthy enough to play football. Remember, the big question about Lamar was, hey, the guy couldn't stay on the field. The last half dozen games of the last couple of years until this year, he was hurt. This is like his you know, first playoff game, really. 
And, and now you're yeah. in a situation where you have to decide, is he physically able to do what's necessary? Is he going to be available to us? Or do we have to start looking? And, you know, and the Browns, you look at that Cleveland Brown football team, one of the best defensive, Miles Garrett. Best, probably best defensive end in football. Best defensive lineman this year in football. Unbelievable year. You look at their running backs. Um, offensive line's pretty solid. Defense overall is pretty solid. The question mark they had. And, you know, Joe came in and sort of uh, saved the day for a limited period of time. But, you know, Joe was Joe was on the sidelines for a reason. That's right. And, and he came, I thought he did a terrific job stepping in. And then, you know, it, the game caught up with him again. This is what happens with guys that, are, you know, if you're away from the game a long time or you're a backup, you can go in for three or four weeks and really get really look good. And then all of a sudden the game starts to catch up to you again. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the mistakes happen. It was the interceptions were really what cost Cleveland the game. I mean, that was bottom line. Same thing with the Dallas Cowboys. Those two teams didn't advance because, you know, they, there were certain mistakes that were made. And, hey, listen, I threw an interception in a Super Bowl. I know what it's like to try and overcome all that stuff. Great point. Joe, t- I know a few years ago you came out with the book, How to Be a Champion Every Day. Tell us about you talked about a little bit earlier, but why why you wrote the book, what it means to you, and how fans can get it. Well, you know, you can get it uh, online. I actually did the uh, video or the audio for it too, which is the hardest thing I've ever done <laughs> is to do the audio for a book. I mean, it was incredible. Um, the book is based on the analogy: the world of sports, the world of business, and our own personal lives all parallel one another. It's not a football book. It's uh, it's a book about life. Um, matter of fact, I end the book with a letter to my younger self. Uh, and I think everybody ought to sit down and take the time to write a, a letter to your younger self. Tell that young you uh, some of the things that have occurred in life. And would you do would you do them the same way? Would you do them a little bit differently? And I talk about goals because you need them. Attitudes, you have to have the right one. Yep. Uh, relationships with people. Uh, teamwork is a big part of what I talk about. And I, I you know, you know, General Colin Powell, for example, wrote some stuff for me. And I have other people. It's not just all my words. These are people that I respect and admire and I've learned from. And, you know, my favorite saying, Bull, is this. The day you stop learning is the day you stop living. And it's the way I feel about football. I, I, you know, I, I, was, I was sitting here before we went on the show just studying different, different things about this game. As a matter of fact, the Super Bowl to me doesn't boil down to the quarterbacks as much as it boils down to the two running backs, Pacheco and uh, McCaffrey. That's well, going to be, correct. that will be critical. That will be critical in this game. Who's going to be able to run the football? Cause that'll keep the other guys off the field. You know, you certainly don't want Patrick running around out there for 70 plays. Right. And Brock runs that offense like a machine. And then you've got two of the best play callers in the history of football, Andy and Kyle. So, I mean, th- there's so many great things about this Super Bowl from two great football teams. It's a great point. And so let's wrap it with that, Joe. Uh, you mentioned the running backs. Christian McCaffrey is really – it's funny because in when you played, there were a lot of great backs that would go to the Super Bowl, and teams were led by their running game often. These days it doesn't happen as much, but Christian McCaffrey is a superstar back. Most of the superstar backs in the league in the last 10, 15 years haven't played in the Super Bowl. He is, and Pacheco, kind of like Purdy – was a forgotten guy drafted in the seventh round, and he's been phenomenal for Kansas City. So which which of those guys do you think will have a better game, and ultimately who do you like to win the Super Bowl? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll am going to start with the answer to your question first. I, I like San Francisco. 
I think they're a complete rested football team. And Samuel is a big part of it. With Debo back, I think it, it makes it different. But you know, it's funny. You're talking about the running back position. It's probably the most devalued position in football. It gets no respect. It gets no compensation. And believe me, the 49ers would not be there without Christian McCaffrey. And I don't believe the Kansas City Chiefs would be there without Pacheco. Yeah. And, and yet, you know, you look, look at the year Saquon had being healthy. I mean, you know, these are the guys, to me, I know that they're the, the straw that stirs the drink because I had John Riggins. And John has happened to be an MVP of the Super Bowl. So you, you can try and devalue them as much as you want. But the fact of the matter is, is they deserve a lot more respect and a lot more compensation than they're getting. Uh, I think Christian's going to be a part of this game in a lot of different ways. In the running game, obviously he's a good blocker, but I think he's also going to be a part of this game when it comes to throwing the foot, getting catching the football. So I'm sort of leaning towards him. And matter of fact, he's got a great shot at being the MVP of this Super Bowl as well. It's a great point, Joe. Thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. You're welcome, buddy. Good to catch up with you. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. All right, welcome back. It's the Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. And Bet Rivers is offering a second chance bet on your first same game parlay on the big game. Place a qualifying same game parlay on the big game. If your bet loses, you get a bonus bet equal to your wagers. If you win, you win. That's great. Uh, but with your same game parlay bet, you can also earn a square that can be worth as much as ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand bucks. Try beating that. See the Bet Rivers app for full details and bet on the big game at Bet Rivers. I uh, earlier in the week I was I said I was leaning towards Chiefs on the money line and the over. I think I flip flopped on that. Not not on the Chiefs on the money line. I'm with still with the Chiefs on the money line. I like the Chiefs. Uh, Joe Theismann made some great points. He he's leaning towards the Niners. This game could certainly go either way. I don't like the fact that Joe Tooney is not going to play for the Chiefs, or not likely one of their starting linemen. I'm still leaning Chiefs, plus 107 up to the minute at the uh, Bet Rivers Sportsbook money line. But I, what I flip flopped is on the under over. Uh, I'm going under. The number's gone up to 47 and a half. Uh, people love betting the over, but the Chiefs and and the Niners have both been under quite a bit in their playoff games. And I think it's going to be a high 30s, low 40s. I, I just, I don't think they're going to get to 48 points. Now watch, they'll be 49, 42. So I, I've changed my mind on the over-under, and now I'm, I'm leaning towards the under. Uh, Joe also gave us some good stuff on the Browns uh, with some concern about Deshaun Watson. And, and he's right, obviously, that 2024 is a massive year. This is the make-or-break season, really, probably for Deshaun Watson's career. Certainly with Cleveland. Doesn't mean he can't do it, but it means he needs to do it this year. As for the Cavaliers, uh, they are they start the day as the two seed in the East. And with serious injuries for the Sixers, and with Joel Embiid out for a while, maybe the year. And then last night, Jalen Brunson gets hurt in a game. The Knicks are winning big. Then I can't remember who they were playing now, but who the hell are they playing? I don't know. But whoever they were playing was coming back, and he put his starters back in, Thibodeau, and then Brunson got hurt. May have sprained his ankle. Who knows? So the Cavs are in great shape to finish as a top three seed, and that gives them a much better chance of a first-round win and playing Milwaukee versus Boston in the second round, potentially. Getting ahead of ourselves. This team's still got to prove they could win when it matters, but they are playing great basketball. 
I got nothing to say about the Guardians right now. They've continued to do nothing since the last time I ripped them from doing nothing. Uh, I'll talk about them again when they do something or the season starts, whatever happens first. Thanks for joining me as always. Thanks to Joe Theismann for joining me. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Please hit the thumbs up. Please hit the like. Hit the bell. Hit the subscribe button. Do it all. Get in the mix. You'll get it. You'll get a uh, alert every time I put up a podcast. We'll be going live as always Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Of course, so make sure you join me for that. Thanks to Monzo for producing. Thanks to Joe Theismann for joining me. I may have said that already, but it's okay if I repeat myself once in a while. We'll talk to you next time. Where else? But right here in the bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.